friends reading Twilight books. Right now it is new moon, a decade late and just for fun. This is Bella Swan Song. Welcome back to Bella Swan Song. I'm Sarah. I'm Lauren. This week we talk about X Men, folklore, Harry Potter, Teen Wolf, Greek statues. And much, much more. Stay tuned. In these three chapters, Bella and Jacob exchange apologies. Bella says, verbatim, sorry I called you a murderer. Jacob continues to prove he's a good friend, openly discussing Bella's fears of vampire Victoria. Bella then witnesses her first werewolves and describes them as simply really big half-naked boys. As Bella the leech lover meets more at the werewolf gang, she understands they are risky. Mike appears for half a page, delivering an uncharacteristically misogynistic comment. Jake and Bella discuss danger again and schedule a cliff diving excursion. Well, 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 we're back again and Bella Swan is once once again ruminating on the nature of her relationship with monsters in general. She's just the monster magnet, frankly. She is. Just they all gravitate. Good ones, bad ones, uh, neutral monsters. They're just all... Well, actually, they're not really. They're all in forks. And Bella just happens to have inserted herself into situations that involve said monsters. That's true. That's true. She's not really responsible for any of the supernatural presence there. In fact, I think we can squarely blame the Cullens for that. But, you know, I'll, I'll I'll get to those grievances. I think there's just an extended sort of meditation over chapter 13 and 14 where Bella is like, how can I, like, reconcile myself with the fact that... Okay, at this point also, right, she thinks at the beginning of these chapters that the werewolves are killing these hikers. So she's like, how how can I be friends with all these murderers? It's basically... To her credit, I will say that unlike a lot of other, I feel like, teen tropey novels where there would just be, like, an extended period where it's, like, Bella's ignoring Jacob's calls or, like this whole thing that's like I'm just gonna believe what I think to be true and not listen to you at all she immediately confronts the problem goes and talks to Jacob and they get it sorted out pretty quick that it it, the werewolves are not actually killing people that in fact dun 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 it's vampires more specifically it's Victoria it was Laurent right now it's Victoria because the wolves are badass and can kill vampires which is sick, which is absolutely sick. I mean, first of all, like, yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what we want. We want someone to end the apartment. One has to wonder if this is happening in other places well, in the world. Well, listen, they don't want to end all vampires. No, I mean, listen, we definitely want all vampires to end. <laughs> they're not good. They're, pre- like, other than the Cullens, they're... Yes, exactly. I mean, Thank I was going to say, other than the Cullens, they are murderers, but I guess that does make me sort of a Bella Swan type, doesn't it? Like, but Ooh. then again, like, what would I, am I going to advocate for murder? No. It, with the exception of, obviously, the Cullens doing more murder in the case of James in Twilight. Oh, yes. that was absolutely <laughs> yeah. justified well, I, I want the Cullens to murder people, but not, like, like for fun, not... <laughs> Okay, I'm, I'm digging. I'm digging the hole. But actually, this brings me to an interesting point, which was something that really jumped out at me. It's on page 307. This is when Bella's having her confrontation with Jacob. 
And Jacob thinks, oh, how can this be? Like, Bella is willing to hang around. He calls the vampires bloodsuckers. So he's like, oh, you're willing to hang around these bloodsuckers, but like you can't handle the fact that I turn into a wolf that's, like, so monstrous to you, right? And she said, it's not what you are, stupid. It's what you do. And that, to me, just, like, clears a day is, like, love, love the sinner, hate the sin. <laughs> like, that's, exa- that's exactly what that is. That I had not thought about it that way at all, but I think that's really accurate. And also, I think really sort of sums up Bella, right? Because that's like she sort of had to reconcile that thought process already in relation to the Cullens, right? Where she was like presented with Mm -hmm. this family of vampires. And while they were a little cagey about their backstories like because Edward was so tortured about being a monster but didn't want to be a monster in Bella's eyes but like totally believes himself to be a monster which I found it interesting that Jacob thinks of himself as a monster as well even though it seems like they consider themselves protectors right and what they're doing is good whereas like what Edward feels like his nature is inherently evil well part of it I think is like Jacob doesn't have and he talks about this he's like I feel like I don't have control over it yet so I think that perhaps it's maybe not that they see the werewolfism as something monstrous but they see that it can be dangerous and when you feel very out of control and you know that you could hurt other people like that could feel like a monstrous side of you so I can kind of I can see where that comes from whereas I feel like the Cullens really deeply or Edward at least really deeply believes that vampirism in and of itself is like deeply horrible yeah yes yes I think absolutely but um yeah so like Bella kind of did these mental gymnastics with the Cullens where they all were sort of like yeah I killed people I mean Jasper uh was literally a i mean first of all he was a a giant racist i don't think we know i don't think we know jasper's backstory yet oh maybe not maybe i'm just remembering that he was i think you're just remembering that keep it zipped no spoilers (laughs) but at the very least we know that edward has killed some people and right. they talk about having slipped. I think the only one who right. has never slipped is Dr. Carlsley, which, frankly, I would call BS on. Right. Well, I think, and then Bella has this moment where she's like, oh, it's all washed away by the power of love. Where you're like, what? And she's like, I loved Edward, so who cares if he kills some people? And you're like, that's... um." That's actually, that's, no, that's, that's not how this works. And she's like, well, love is this stuff does. And that's kind of, that's like the conclusion she comes to, which is wild to me. Because it seems like, I bet you a million dollars that if Jacob had killed even one person, she would have been like, I can never see you again and I hate you and you're horrible. And not even Jacob, like, had Embry or Sam or Paul. Yes. yes. Like, any of them yes. killed one single person or even like actually I I would say maimed but I think that's not quite accurate because um of uh the situation with Sam and Emily Emily, who's his fiance um who right wait hang on before we jump into that I have one other quick point which I just remembered I had a a brain blast (laughs) from (laughs) from last season there was some point last season where we talked about how 
like it should be a book that's very rich in metaphor and that monsters in general have a very deep and metaphoric place in like human all human cultures um and i think that when you get down to this like are am i a monster am i not like are the vampire for example are the vampires monsters for fulfilling what they're designed to do what their biology wants them to do what their bodies want them to do because it hurts other people like if the vampires are a metaphoric figure or an allegorical figure that becomes like a very very strange and difficult question because who do they stand in for like what group you know what I mean what group is you know overtaken by urges that are so deep and horrible but whose biology like fuels them to do it like that's not the way that you classify those groups are are you know that it's not I don't I wouldn't know what to put in there in a way that would make me feel comfortable reading this book. And that just sort of struck me again in all of this is it's like it has to be that there is no metaphor. It has to be a vampire is only a vampire, which is so strange to me in a way. Right. I feel like particularly with like vampires and werewolves, which have like so much lore behind them, like so many cultures have like legends that are related to even though if it's not like a vampire as we might think of them or a werewolf like a shape-shifting like monster or some creature or you know like a a man who turns into a beast or like a some sort of leech or or blood-sucking creature like those exist like all throughout history like kind of all over the world so there is so much there in terms of like historical context and like but with these books there isn't like could you watch an x-men movie and be like ah the x-men obviously don't stand for anything they're only the x-men like you can't do that because their situation is so deeply tied to like the way we see otherness in america and it's like it's things like that where it's like but i just again i don't know how you could tie in these feelings and this sort of shaping of vampirism to a lesser extent, the werewolves, I think, but vampires in particular, I don't understand what group you could tie that into in a way that makes it like comfortable to read this book. Like the X-Men cannot just be the X-Men, but so- 